Hello, I'm Gail Gibson, accredited master coach, speaker, author, and podcaster. Welcome to my podcast, The Can Do Way. My guests from across the globe have can-do stories of growth, resilience, and success to share. Tune in and be inspired by these individuals who have developed a strong can-do approach. Each one of their stories is unique. Each one of their stories has a key message. In this episode, I'm talking to Shoshana French, intuitive executive coach and keynote speaker. Shoshana's goal is to cultivate wildly successful leaders through the practical power of intuition. As the founder of Simple Spirit, a keynote speaker and coach to NFL leaders, Broadway and television stars, million and billion dollar business owners, founders, CEOs and business professionals, Shoshana generates unpredictable and profound results for leaders who are looking to develop a deeper connection to their purpose. Welcome to the show today, Shoshana. Thanks, Gail. I am excited about our conversation. I appreciate you having me on. Lovely. If we can take a short walk through your life, if you can give us a glimpse of your background and how you arrived at helping leaders connect with their purpose. Uh, so originally I went to school for English, uh, like a critical thinking degree in sociology. And just after college, I found myself participating in transformational education, and I was leading programs for them. And uh, the thing I noticed is that the work that I was doing with that educational company dealt a lot with how people think. It was kind of more from what they call ontology, the study of being from that perspective, but it didn't feel like it got the whole point of view in perspective. And so kind of leaving that education took me kind of on this professional development journey and personal development journey outside of that work to better understand how to, you know, both what I wanted to do with my life, but also how to support people having the best life possible. Um, I had a bunch of different kinds of jobs leaving that kind of prominent position, did a whole bunch of junk. And then in 2005, I had this idea to start a business and um, when I started my business, the only thing I knew is I wanted it to be a side hustle to make enough cashola to kind of cover what my job didn't cover and to have extra money for travel and for fun. And then it grew into something bigger. I imagine you probably heard that from entrepreneurs before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, uh, it's changed, I don't know, in 16 years, it's changed at least five or six times, uh, pivoted to how I've changed and then I do something else and kind of how I arrived where I am now, which is helping leaders cultivate and be connected to their purpose is recognizing the importance of how intuition and our inner knowing guide us and how rather than it being this really mystical thing that most people relate to intuition as it really is just a practical tool that everybody's born with. And I got really curious how I could help leaders tap into that inner knowing, which they were already doing anyway, but how could they do it more intentionally to not only have greater success, but greater fulfillment in life. And, you know, when you're talking about success and fulfillment, if it's not in alignment with your purpose, then it is not very fulfilling. (laughs) It's not very enjoyable. So that is how I ended up 
in the current iteration of my business right now, um, doing the work I do with leaders. And what I love about your introduction there is the fact that you have not, you've not been, um, you haven't been afraid to make change happen. You know, you started out in one place, you've taken a path of learning and upskilling yourself. And I love the fact that you said you've changed and pivoted your business five or six different times since 2005. And that really resonates with me. And I think it it resonates with the fact that you have found, you obviously found your purpose as well, and you've had to dig deeper and deeper to find that as well. And that's now what you're giving permission for your clients to do as well. So where do you think the ability for you to see change as a possibility came from? It definitely uh, is in the women in my family for sure. Um, and it, the, not just the women in my family, but probably all the people in my family, my um both my father who owns uh, a motorcycle shop when I was a kid, he was an entrepreneur and he had worked for other people and he had done a whole bunch of different things. He was, uh, you know, he was an announcer, announcer on the radio. He was going to be an anchor for TV and left all of that to do what his passion was, which was motorcycles. And he then owned, opened a shop. And my mom, when I was a kid, she hadn't finished her degree um, when I was about mm, like 13, uh, thereabouts, 12 or 13, she went back to school to become a nurse. And doing that, like, you know, destabilized her own life, but she just pushed so hard through it. My, uh, my dad's mom, she's the one who brought sex education to where I live now, which is Colorado in the US back in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. So I just have all these examples of. Um, and even my my mom's dad, my grandfather, he, you know, the one thing he said that you could count on is change. And if you fight change, you'll be really unhappy your entire life because it will just keep coming. Things staying static or the same, like he said, nothing, life is not designed that way. You know, uh, momentum and just the way that life works, things are always changing. So I think... For sure, I was trained young to trust that change is expected and normal and also not to be afraid of the discomfort that sometimes comes from change, um, but instead to expect the discomfort and then to embrace it and keep moving forward. So for sure, that is where I learned young. And then, you know, I I changed majors in college six times (laughs) because I couldn't... I couldn't quite figure out what it was I wanted to do and where I was going to land. And I think for other people, maybe that would have had them quit college. But in my mind was this, what I was going through was just change. You were just, I was changing as a person as you do at, you know, 18 years old. And I just kept changing and finally kind of landed in who I was, but then that change never stopped. (laughs) So um, I, I even, my husband makes jokes, but he says that, uh, I reinvent myself every six months. That's like <laughs> that's probably a little like hyper the truth. I don't know if it's every six months, but like I mentioned earlier, I've pivoted in my business a whole bunch of times because to do what I do and do it well, I also have to walk the walk the talk. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm someone who's asking people to do the kind of work that transforms their life, I I better also be doing that for myself. So. Um, I'm a big believer in 
the in personal growth, professional development, and you know, doing that inner growth, outer growth work. It's it's just music to my ears because I've taken a similar path to you, and reinvention has played a key role in my business. So very similar timeline to you as well, Shoshana. I started my business in two thousand and five, and. You know, one of the things that I remember, and I've shared this with many entrepreneurs through my journey, is we were encouraged to write a business plan when we first set up in business. And if I pull out that business plan today, it doesn't look anything like where I am. And yet (laughs) it was a starting point, and I'm sure you agree with this as well. We started somewhere. And we've allowed and embraced, as you shared, and I do this as well, you embrace change. And it just, I think what I've seen, and you too probably have seen this curiosity that opens so many doors and opens up those pathways to the possibilities that are there. So being, obviously being surrounded by this, what I like to call your can-do community, your parents, as you've shared, and these people that have encouraged this in you, what is it that inspires that curiosity in you, do you think, just to to go through these changes and to keep wanting to master these skills that you want to adopt in your life? Uh, I was looking, so a friend and I were talking about this the other day um, about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, Mm -hmm. right? So you have like the bottom rung, which is like the physiological needs and you work your way up to then the psychological needs and esteem and community. And at the very top is Mm self-actualization. And um, I would say that I, because of my own, like just how my brain works, I'm, there is very little I'm not curious about. So that right there is just how I've always been oriented. I was the two-year-old who asked why and never stopped. <laughs> you know, I just never stopped asking why. So mm-hmm. nowadays what will happen is I'll learn about something and then it sparks curiosity to learn more. So most people who do what I do for a living, you know, I, I have a unique niche, which is, you know, I work with people inside of intuitive development. But for me, the thing I'm curious about, like most recently, I went off in the direction of, neurobiology and neuroplasticity mm-hmm. like that's not necessarily something that and i read like five or six kind of deep books about it that's not necessarily something that someone who does what i do for a living would would pursue or read or be curious about but i know i trust that my curiosity leads me to the next thing there is to learn so i just i you know i could say that it's my curiosity for me curiosity and intuition are interchangeable in my world so mm-hmm. i just follow the curiosity and it leads me to the right place the right people and you know when i learn new things then it seems like right it seems like when i get curious about learning something new that then is the next person i meet that's then their thing mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like Really? Oh my gosh. Well, I wrote a book about neuroplasticity. You did? Oh my goodness. Tell me about it. So that's kind of how that's kind of how the journey has been. And I just like you asked me the question, which is, you know, what what leads me to keep growing now and it mm. or what leads me to keep wanting to change? And it's for sure self-actualization, being the absolute best version of myself uh, that I can be. Beautiful. And that that just it just resonates so much with the work that I do and 
and also the person that you are and the person that you are um, showing to others. So when you work with your clients, Shoshana, how do you, what is it that you do to bring that magic to them so that they can start to perhaps mirror that in their lives as well so they can embrace change, they can tap into that power of intuition is there an example of somebody whose life you have completely transformed um, that you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, I'd love to share about um, one of my clients who is a lawyer. Um, she had left corporate law to start her own practice. And when we started working together, she'd been in practice for three years. She had grown very, very rapidly. And for other entrepreneurs who are listening to your show, I imagine that they like this get that sometimes when you grow that fast, um, it throws your life into a little bit of an upheaval because <laughs> you don't have you know systems and structures in life mm. to match that that level of growth and that level of success. So really the work we started with was what are the dreams that you've ditched because your business grew so fast? Mm-hmm. Where have you been focused not on yourself but only your business? So that was kind of like using her intuition learning you know, the practical skills of what intuition had been trying to tell her, which is a, a really long way of saying the things that feel right in life go towards those. And the things that don't sit right with you don't move away from those. You know, So for her, it was, I'm working six to seven days a week. That doesn't feel right. I'm going to move away from. <laughs> and then, then we had a conversation for what is there for you to move towards? So she had lots of really amazing breakthroughs. But the one that really inspired me was she had been single for 12 years. Um, not only because, you know, three years building her practice, but as a corporate lawyer, part of why she left being a corporate lawyer was she was working all the time there too, right? Mm-hmm. She left that environment to start her own practice just to be working just as much, if not more. And so we adjusted uh, her working to match her true joy in life and to have time and space to live the kind of life that inspires her. So she started working less. And then it left open the possibility of dating. And she hadn't done any dating in a really long time. So, and this is all, you know, happening the year before COVID. And, you know, we begin to open her up to, well, what are the things that about relationships that, you know, had them not work in the past? And we used her intuition to guide her towards fulfillment, alignment joy. And mm-hmm. she met an amazing human um, named just this person who was a match for her in every way mm-hmm. that she'd never met someone like that before. And it, the reason why it's inspiring is not just like, I love love stories, but the thing that I loved for her was that this was the kind of love story where she didn't have to give up who she was. So she didn't have to you know, work even less to make a relationship work. She made it all work because that is what's possible when you believe that you can have it all is you create a life where you can have it all. So I would hope that the people listening, that if they've, you know, if they wonder if having it all is possible, what I would say is if having it all looks like a definition that someone else gave you, probably not because then you're going to be forcing yourself into, you know, a round peg and square hole, but if instead really is your definition, which for her, she really defined and then used her intuition to guide her towards that. So that she now 
is only working, you know, four days a week. She takes one day off a week during the work week. She is participating in the things that really inspire her and she's really in love with her life. So it's kind of amazing. Oh, that's a beautiful story. And I think the listeners will take so many different nuggets from what you've shared as well. But I I think for me, your story says you gave her the gift of space. And within that space, she was able to really tap into who she was or who she Mm -hmm. is more like it being in the present and actually saying, what does it look like? What's really happening here? And um, what can I do about it? So it was that, and I think that's that's what this coaching space gives to people, isn't it? That different perspective to step out of what's really going on and step into a space of calm, listening, all of those wonderful parts of what we do for our clients. And you gave her that space to actually create. And now she's been the architect of the new life that she has. It's a absolutely beautiful beautiful place to be in. So when you give people that space yourself, you obviously had to go through that journey. So you talked about energy and boundaries and all of those things in there as well, Shoshana. How yeah. did you how do you make time to do that in your life? So you have a so you have a, a, a big workload and and as your introduction said, you work with some really high flyers, some big people in the world. And it could get busy and out of hand and you could lose your sense of those energy boundaries. So how do you keep it all in flow and maintain your energy to work at the best that you can with the clients that you work with? So the thing I want to share with your listeners, because I think this is one of those, I think your question is so brilliant which is that it's not a one and done kind of thing. <laughs> so um, it, I have to adjust my practices as things happen in the world. So, you know, when things changed last year and, you know, during uh, everything that happened, I had to adjust my practices. Um, this year, my my business has changed a lot. It has gotten busier in a lot of ways. So I had to adjust my practice again. So currently what I do, the current kind of iteration of my of my practice is um, I spend the first two hours of the day kind of in the space of getting connected to my body. I'm a big exerciser. I'm like a kind of an intense, excuse me, an intense athlete. So I spend the first, you know, hour to 90 minutes in exercise, meditation, yoga, journaling, that sort of thing. And then I spend 30 minutes nourishing myself and making sure that I get a great, you know, kind of like breakfast in me. And then I start working with people. So my morning practice is something that when I travel and something, no matter what's going on, I've always had a morning practice um, that works really well for me. And then the thing I've had to add recently, because I am working so much more than I have in the past just a a bigger load, like you said, bigger um, Mm. client load uh, is I have a practice where I, at the end of my workday, I kind of complete it really intentionally. And that practice is I pick up my desk, I shut my computer off, I close the door of my office and I change my clothes that I wore during the day. And I put on more casual clothes, like Mm -hmm. kind of like you would if you, you know, like, um, uh, 
Mr. Rogers is kind of how I think about it when he used to change his sweaters, right? Like that's kind of the, that's kind of the practice is what it is, is like to Mm -hmm. leave the space. Then I go change my clothes. And then I really, I've really honored my boundary with myself that as an entrepreneur, I could be thinking about my work, like my, my business, I'm writing a book, I'm launching a whole bunch of things. I could be thinking about that 24 seven. However, I have an agreement with myself that when I'm not at, in my office at my desk or wherever my desk is at the moment, I am not working. So those are like kind of the three practices, my morning practice, my kind of transition practice, and then really honoring my time off. So I'm not that. doing the 24 uh, seven mm-hmm. entrepreneur brain. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love that because we, we all, everybody needs to shut off, don't they? And we have been at home for a long time now during the world's crisis and we have to create those boundaries. If we don't create them, life just becomes the same continually, doesn't it? And that's mm-hmm. why there is a rise in incidents of people taking emails at 11 or 12 o'clock at night because they feel that they have to be switched on all the time. But I, I just adore the fact that you said those three words, to honour my boundaries, so vital. And thank you so much for sharing. You're welcome. So we it's a great to, question. <laughs> you're, thank you very much. So I come to the part of the show, Shoshana, if you could share your three can-do tips or would you like those to be your can-do tips, it's entirely up to you that you could leave my listeners with today. Hmm. So I thought about this when you told me that was going to be one of the questions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would, so one is uh, pause. Women and men both, but in general, the speed at which our life goes nowadays, we don't pause. So pause, whether that means unplugging from technology or taking time off and honoring time off, but pause, <laughs> really, really important. That's, that is my can-do tip is do mm-hmm. nothing. When, when, you, when you say you're going to do nothing, honor that. <laughs> um, number two is find support. So whether it's a coach or a program or, um, you know, like a group of friends and you do a book club or whatever the case may be, but, but find support and community. Um, can doing on your own is possible, but it's not nearly as fulfilling and as enjoyable um, as it is when you have support, someone to reflect for you, whether it is a friend or community or a coach to like let you know how it's going. Um, and then the the third can-do tip I would say is don't be afraid to pivot. So don't get attached to whatever the goal is you created. If if you're not feeling it, then you know, re reevaluate and see if it's still a good fit anymore. So those would be my three can do tips. Uh, awesome. You know, pause, uh, find support, and um, be willing to pivot. And so critical through what we've gone through now, but I think it's been a part of the entrepreneurial world forever. You know, that middle point about support, whether it is as you said, a friend or it's an accountability partner or it is a coach like yourself and me, somebody who has your shoulder, who can just, you can lean on, I think, but also be challenged by, and and that's the power of community, isn't it? You have that, you can share whatever's going on 
um, in your world and, and go away feeling uplifted, feeling different, um, and you can have a new perspective on things as well. And I think that's that's one of the reasons why I do this, this podcast and have been doing it for a few years now. I absolutely gain so much joy from hearing other people's stories and being able to connect their stories to my listeners as well. It's purely an altruistic reason why I do this. And it's just, it it lightens me each day that I get, each week when I speak to my guests and get to share their stories. And I always take away something as well from the conversation. So thank you for sharing your story today. So my final question for you, Shoshana, is why do you feel a can-do attitude is absolutely essential in life? Oh, I would say that it's, it is normal in life for there to be um, the flow and then the opposite, the flow against. And there are times when um, you're in the flow and it feels super, super easy. And then there are times when it doesn't feel like that. And sometimes you have to swim for a bit to get to where the flow is again. So I think a can-do attitude is um, the attitude itself. I like how you say attitude rather than can do is about a doing something, Mm -hmm. but the attitude itself, I think the attitude of can do is essential to joy in life because when you have those experiences where you feel stuck or things feel really hard, or there just happens to be a time of a lot of challenge, the can do attitude will help carry you through that so that you get back to that place where you are in the flow. Um, I have seen that so many times in my life and in my experience in the, you know, 40 plus years I've been alive. Beautiful, beautiful. Lovely summary to end what has been a wonderful conversation. And I'd just like to thank you, Shoshana. You know, you have shared your wonderful story and I think your message has so many points for my listeners to take away and the, the thread of it all is that don't be afraid to embrace change and you have made change your best friend and it's led you down new paths and it's led you deeper and deeper into who you are and how you can best serve not only your clients but yourself as well. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Mm, thank you for what you do and what you bring to the world, the possibility of can do. It's awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Do you live and breathe a can-do attitude? Have an inspiring perspective, a life-changing experience, or intriguing story to share? Always curious, and with an insatiable appetite for a good yarn, I invite you to be my guest. Do get in touch via my website, gailmgibson.com. The Can Do Way podcast, refreshing, positive and real.